This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. October marks National Disability Employment Awareness Month. There are plenty of angles to explore, and we'll do a deep dive on the news panel later this week with Michelle and Joita. But let's start the conversation with the founder of Completely Inclusive, Kelly Braun Johnson. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Great to chat with you once again. Hi, good morning, Dave. So National Disability Employment Awareness Month is underway. You work in the field daily. How would you evaluate the overall landscape when it comes to employing people with disabilities? So the way I've seen it, even over just the last couple of years, there's been large, mostly large tech companies, but a lot of large corporations that have kind of attracted attention uh, by having these very specific hiring programs. You see a lot of um, a lot of focus on autism, so there's a lot of autism-specific hiring initiatives. Uh, but the disability community is huge, right? And there's so much variation and diversity within it that I'd like to see kind of more broader initiatives that include everyone. Um, but one group I'd love to acknowledge that I think has always been there, always kind of plodding away doing this work, have been families, family members. Uh, of people with disabilities will often start their own little local businesses and help the local economy and help their own family members. And I think those are an overlooked population of people that have been really doing some hard work on the ground, you know? Let's let's go a little bit deeper into that, because as you point out, the disability experience is quite vast. There's a broad range of people and experiences. So these months can be a little bit difficult to understand where the focus might be. So Kelly, I'm putting you in charge. Would there be a particular area of focus that you'd want organizations and people to zoom in on this month? So I think rather than kind of focusing, kind of more broadening, because I think because, like I said, we've seen these neurodiversity hiring programs or we see restaurants that are hired or, or staffed only by deaf people or only by blind people or only by intellectually disabled. And those have those, their place. That's I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those programs. But what I want to see is, is, you know, the understanding that we can have multiply disabled people working. Um, and businesses tend to kind of put issues into little silos or they make a cause uh, out of people. And what I, what I don't want to see and what we have seen in the past is often, uh, you know, I'll approach a business and they say, well, no, we're working on hiring uh, more women this year. We'll, we'll look at hiring BIPOC next year. And it kind of puts people into these little silos and, and that's not how we work, right? You can have disabled women, you can have disabled BIPOC. And I think it's the understanding that when we're working towards equity in one group, it actually brings equity to other groups. And so, you know, humans are complex. I want to see that kind of brought into every aspect of inclusion and, and having that part of being recognized when it comes to employment. Mm. Of course, unfortunately, you're not in charge of Disability Employment Awareness Month, but you are in charge of your own company. And we sometimes neglect to talk about the work that you do at Completely Inclusive. So what are you doing these days in terms of your goals at Completely Inclusive? 
So my goal, my mission has always been to make the path easier for others. Um, I, I bring my own experiences that I've had in the workplace. Um, and I just really want to see a society. In the end, if I can take over the world, I will <laughs> and, make, and make the place completely <laughs> inclusive. Um, but so what I do basically that keeps the light on, you know, in my house, so to speak, is I do a lot of advisory work uh, with companies and nonprofits. Um, and I do a lot of outreach and education. So a lot of it is speaking at conferences. Um, I deliver workshops in businesses. And I'm basically just trying to help businesses understand how they can be psychologically safe and completely inclusive and that they can change their culture. Um, I do what's called, what we call now, expanded DEI. So instead of diversity, equity, inclusion, it's IDEA. So inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility. Mm. And that speaks to evolutions and the expanding of your own skill set and considering new approaches to the work that you do. So let's talk about restorative justice. And before you tell me how that influences your work, I've got a very big assignment for you. Can uh -oh. you try to define restorative justice for me? I'll sum it up as quick as I can, but uh, yes, you know, I just finished my professional certificate in restorative justice from Vermont Law and Graduate School, and um, I want to just pat myself on the back for that. I'm very excited because uh, I just finished it last month, and um, going back to school in your 40s is is really intense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, all. That's what I want to say. Um, but restorative justice essentially is community-focused uh, conflict resolution. And it has its origins in indigenous communities. Um, and it's from the idea that we're all connected. And it's kind of the idea that if one person in the community is hurting, then we're all hurting. And if one member has hurt a member of the community, then it's our, responsible for, uh, our responsibility for all of us to come together to find solutions. And so we're supporting both, we can say victim and offender, that's not quite the same language in the workplace, but we're all taking responsibility for what we have done and the part we played and how we can move forward now as a group uh, to prevent these things from happening again. So it has a very strong preventative aspect to it. So let's take that idea, let's take that theory and apply it. How does that end up influencing the work that you do? So for me, I've, I've seen it as uh, extremely powerful. It has now infused itself into all areas of my life. I, I use it in my parenting. I use it in, in my whole approach to, to um, approaching conflict. And so I'm trying to bring this into workplaces basically to, I, because I see it's so powerful. Um, in North America, our, our culture, right? We're very used to avoiding conflict. Um, you see candidates uh, being ghosted by, by employers. Um, we're gossiping about everyone else except for the person that we actually have the issue with. There's a lot of very much like hush, hush, hide it away. And, and those kind of unresolved issues, especially in the workplace, can lead to become very toxic, eventually becomes a very toxic environment, right? Um, and restorative justice completely turns all of that on its head. We, we go forward, we, we address the issue and then we work together. It's, that's that, again, that concept working together, we're gonna to find solutions that are gonna work for everyone in the company. Um, and I don't wanna sound like completely in, evangelical about it, like, but I've seen it, I've seen it very powerful. It's been very transformative. Um, and I, I really want to bring that kind of healing into workplaces because to me, that is how we create true equity and inclusion. I, I have one follow-up to that, Kelly. If people engage in this practice, 
does it potentially give more employees a feeling in the stake of the operation of the company? A hundred percent. If you have employees that are, you know, disengaged and they're, they're losing hope in terms of, of how they see the, the culture moving forward, um, this puts everybody on the same level. So it's not that management is going to do their own little circle somewhere else and have their own discussions. It's really everybody can be in the circle together. Um, and the idea that when we're in a circle together, there are no sides. There's nobody above. There's nobody below. Um, and it's a, it's a practice. It gets You have to get used to kind of doing that, of being vulnerable, being open, and being honest. Uh, but once you're able to do it um, and you're listening to each other, really listening to each other, um, it's amazing in, in terms of how you can turn things around in the workplace. Kelly, I imagine these next couple of weeks are going to be very busy for you as part of a Disability Employment Awareness Month. So all the best to you. Hang in there and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much. That's Kelly Braun Johnson, the founder of Completely Inclusive. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.